For more information on Ancient Dragon Zen Gate, please visit our website at www.ancientdragon.org. Our teachings are offered to the community through the generosity of our supporters. To make a donation online, please visit our website. and mine, I now fully avow all my ancient twisted karma from beginningless greed, hate, and delusion, born through body, speech, and mind, I now fully avow all my ancient twisted karma from beginningless greed, hate, and delusion, born through body, speech, and mind. I now fully avow. Meta Sutta. This is what should be accomplished by the one who is wise, who seeks the good and has obtained peace. Let one be strenuous, upright, and sincere, without pride, easily contented, and joyous. Let one not be submerged by the things of the world. Let one not shake upon oneself the burden of riches. Let one's senses be controlled. Let one be wise but not puffed up. And let one not desire great possessions even for one's family. Let one do nothing that is mean or that the wise would reprove. May all beings be happy. May they be joyous and live in safety. All living beings, whether weak or strong, in high or middle or low realms of existence, small or great, visible or invisible, near or far, born or to be born, may all beings be happy. Let no one deceive another, nor despise any being in any state. Let none by anger or hatred wish harm to another. Even as a mother at the risk of her life watches over and protects her only child, so with a boundless mind should one cherish all living things, suffusing love over the entire world, above, below, and all around without limit. So let one cultivate an infinite goodwill toward the whole world, standing or walking, sitting or lying down. During all one's waking hours, let one practice the way with gratitude, not holding to fixed views, endowed with insight, freed from sense appetites. One who achieves the way will be freed from the duality of birth and death. 
May all awakened beings extend with true compassion their luminous mirror wisdom. With full awareness, we have chanted the Metta Sutta. We dedicate this merit to our original ancestor in India, great teacher Shakyamuni Buddha, our first woman ancestor, great teacher Mahaprajapati, our first ancestor in China, great teacher Bodhidharma, our first ancestor in Japan, great teacher Ehe Dogen, our first ancestor in America, great teacher Shogaku Shinryu, the perfect wisdom Bodhisattva Mandrashi, to the complete recovery from illness. Of Erica Sufritz, Sandy Brett, Barbara Cohen, Robin Falk Gones, Carissa Holen Reyes, Vivian Garrett, Bob Finn, David Marks, Susan Hawkinson, Elska Lennox, Allison Snow Wesley, and Fred Wesley, the Mercers in Virginia, Judith Burroughs, Catherine Floyd, Michael Weisbrod, Jerry Lazars, Joseph Welsh, Stephen Kane, Anna and Albrecht, Charlotte, Ayanone, Jacob Blake, Julian Assange, Bill Nobles, Jeff Shepard, Mary Shepard, Susan and Albert Easton, Sophia Lawansky, Susanna Taylor, Bill Ollinger, Jeremy Hammond, Jackie Floyd, Rebecca and Cole Lindbergh, Aubrey Miller, Matt West, Marla Weiner, Tom Kelly, Judy Kretzman, Joey Wizoric, Lisa Farokayan, Leonard Kautier, Carrie Greenspan, Kinji Kawasaki, Joan Sophie, Herb Hutchins, Joel Orlov, Steve Howell, Bess Joyner, Kyle D. Wade, Virginia Van Curen, Chris Summers, Dennis Olson, Jim Abrams, Lynn Easton, Jean Annaport, Barbara Matteris, Kate Lamoth, Paul Baker, Jenny Oaks, Matt Wolf, Fred Mecklenburg, Ed Bossler, Ruel Ho, Iris Vesto, Carla Randall, Robert French, Shana Ellis, Gil Young Sa, Jimmy Carter, Harry Mandarino, Rachel Stein, Norman Hughes, Bart Colopy, Minchan Zhang, Zoe Nissa, Brenda Gross, Kathy Fleming, Howard Pollock, Pat Pollock, Faustino Dionisio, Frank Asaseki, Jeff Bridges, Lena Smith, Shosan Vicky Austin, Peter Overton, Zenshin Flores Kapo, Kazuaki Tanahashi, Kondo Nakajima Roshi, Jarvis Masters and all residents of San Quentin Prison, victims of gun violence, people under drone attack, the peoples of Ukraine, Russia, Europe, and all living in wartime around the world, all in the fracking zones, all facing fire and drought in California, all of those threatened by the coronavirus throughout the world, 
the Mapuche indigenous people in Chubut, Patagonia, endangered from mega mining corporation, Amazonian and other indigenous peoples threatened by corporate invasion, the people of Colombia and Palestine suffering from institutional violence, Lake Michigan and the Chicago River peoples of the Mideast, and all those who are lacking shelter, food, or safety are suffering from physical or emotional distress or exposed to violence of any kind. <clears throat> and to the fulfillment and practice of all members of all Sanghas, gratefully we offer this virtue to all beings. All Buddhas throughout space and time. So welcome everyone. I want to speak this morning about a writing uh, from Dogen, from his Shobogenzo, True Dharma Eye Treasury. So uh, for those who are new, Eihei Dogen was the founder of Zen in Japan of 1200 to 1253, brought this lineage and tradition back from uh, China to Japan. I'm having trouble understanding. Okay, thank you. Can you all hear on Zoom? Yes? No? Can you hear yes, me? I can. Uh, can you hear me over there? Yes. Okay, thank you, Jan. I'll uh, I'll start over. So uh, we're in this in this interesting, strange situation where some of us are here at Ebenezer Lutheran Church and. Thank you, Dylan. And some of us are on Zoom, and uh, we're still working out how to make this all work for everyone. Um, so it's a work in progress. Um, so I, my talk this morning is about um, total dynamic activity, or the whole works. This is a writing by Eihei Dogen. Can you hear me, Jan? Yeah. Good. Uh, let me know if you can't again. Okay. Thank you. So. Um, this is from uh, one of Dogen's two masterworks, True Dharma I Treasury, Shobogenzo, and it's one of the shorter essays in Shobogenzo. So uh, in, in Sino-Japanese, it's Zenki, uh, which could be translated as total dynamic activity or the whole works. And I want to spend some time just talking about the title of this uh, essay, uh, which is about uh, our Zen functioning, our Dharma functioning, how we express ultimate reality in our body minds. So, this, <coughs> excuse me, the Zen of Zenki is not the same as Zen Buddhism, or it's not the Zen of meditation. 
this uh, character pronounced Zen in Sino-Japanese is means wholeness or everything or totality, all included. And the character Ki in Zenki is very interesting. It means has many meanings. It means um, well, it means mechanism, like something like the workings of a machine. It also means the workings of the whole universe. It also uh, connotes, um, well, it's also the word for a loom, where things are weaved, woven together. Uh, it also, um, many meanings. It means potential. It means energy. Uh, it means uh, impetus. Um, it also has to, means the pivot, a pivot, a pivotal moment. Uh, so, uh, and, and it's a character in the Jewel Mary Samadhi that we chant also, that um, where it also can mean arousing energy. So it has all these meanings. Again, workings, mechanism, uh, pivot, pivotal moment, um, impetus, a loom, uh, potential. So one literal translation is total dynamic activity. So this is about the expression of our practice for Dogen. But Thomas Cleary translated it as the whole works, which is a nice colloquial translation that actually gets to what this is about, the whole works. This, this uh, word Zenki is also... Uh, the name of my teacher, uh, the, the Dharma name that Suzuki Roshi gave to my teacher, Reb Anderson, is Tenshin Zenki. Tenshin is uh, heaven or nat- nature. Shin is genuine reality. It's not the shin of mind. And Zenki. So Zenki Roshi is named after this this um, this uh, essay by Dokken about the whole works or the workings of everything or wholeness. And um, so, uh, again, about 10, it means everything, totality. Everything is included, everything. So in our practice, in our sitting, in our awareness, everything is included. This is um, kind of hard to get intellectually that everything is included. But I, I know it experientially. The first time I had Zazen instruction uh, with my first teacher, Japanese Soto priest in New York, I had this feeling, as I sat, of wholeness, of everything is okay, just as it is. This is a challenging idea, and I'll, I'll talk about some of the current implications, but it's all right here. And, and now we're living in this situation where it's all right here in this wide room. I can't see everybody in this room unless I, you know, kind of move around. Um, and it's also all the people on, on the Zoom. So here we are all together. And somehow there's a, a dynamic function, a working, uh, a full expression uh, uh, that comes from that. So... I will read some parts of this essay. It starts, the great path or the great way of the Buddhas in its consummation is passage to freedom, is actualization. 
we could say realization, freedom, liberation. So I'm reading Thomas Cleary's translation, but there are other good ones. So again, the great path of the Buddhas in its consummation is passage to freedom or liberation, is actualization, realizing, actualizing everything, wholeness, awakening. That passage to freedom, in one sense, is that life passes through life to freedom, and death, too, passes through death to freedom. Therefore, there is leaving life and death, there is entering life and death, both are the great path of consummation. Can you hear me, Jan? Oh, yes. Good. Uh, there is abandoning life and death, there is crossing over life and death, both are the great path of consummation. So he talks a lot in this essay about life and death, uh, and uh, in some ways, death represents emptiness. Non we could say existence and non-existence. So the so the empty the death side is emptiness or non-existence. The life side is all of the ten thousand things, all of the myriad phenomena, all of the experiences and feelings and thoughts of our life. So seen in that way, again, I'll read this. Um, there is leaving life and death. There is entering life and death. Both are the great path of consummation. So this is the consummation of freedom and actualization, liberation and actualization. And he says, there is abandoning life and death. There is crossing over life and death. Both are the great path of consummation how we actually uh, fulfill this practice, this awareness, this great awakening. Uh, I'll read a little more from, from here. Actualization is life, life is actualization. When that actualization is taking place, it is without exception the complete actualization of life. That includes everything, all existence. And, he says, it is the complete actualization of death. So this is the actualization of emptiness, of non-existence, of what happens when we're gone, when all the phenomena is gone. This pivotal working, which I think is a translation here of Zenki, uh, of the key and uh, the key of Zenki, this pivotal working can cause life and can and cause death at the precise moment of the actualization of this working. It is not necessarily great, not necessarily small, not all pervasive, not limited, not extensive, not brief. Uh, I'll skip down a little bit. Um, it's a short essay, but I'm not going to just read it all. Um, Life is like when one rides in a boat, Dogen says. Though in this boat one works the sail, the rudder, and the pole, the boat carries one, and one is nothing without the boat. Riding in the boat, one even causes the boat to be a boat. That's very interesting. So when you're driving your car, you are, are causing your car to be a car. It's not until you are riding in it or driving it, Dogen says. One should meditate on this precise point. At this very moment, the boat is the world. Even the sky, the water, and the shore all have become circumstances of the boat. 
So as we drive the road, the buildings on the sides or the uh, the trees or grass on the sides, all our circumstances of our uh, automotive vehicle. So they are all, the shore, all of those have become circumstances of the boat, unlike circumstances which are not the boat. For this reason, life is our causing to live. It, it is life's causing us to be ourselves. When riding in a boat, mind and body, object and subject, are all workings of the boat, the whole earth, and all of the space are are just workings of the boat. We that are life, life that is we, we are the same way. So as we move through our life, whether it's walking or riding on a boat or riding in a car or riding on the L, everything is the circumstances of life, the circumstances of existence for that situation, but also death is the absence of those circumstances. Then Dogen quotes uh, Yuan Wu Keqin, a Chinese master of the, uh, I think the 1100s, who uh, in Japanese, Engo Kokugon, this is how you say his name, he was the commentator of the Blue Cliff Record. He's the one who put the Blue Cliff Record collection of Zen stories together. The original cases and the verses were chosen by a previous teacher. Yuan Wu said, in life the whole works appears. In death the whole works appears. Dogen says about this, one should thoroughly investigate and understand the saying. What thorough investigation means is that the principle of in life the whole work works appears or total dynamic activity appears has nothing to do with beginning and end. This is not something that starts at some point and ends at some point. Though it is the whole earth and all space, the, so the extents of all, everything around us, Not only does it not block the appearance of the whole works in life, it doesn't block the appearance of the whole works in death either. So everything is here in non-existence and in existence. He goes on to say... Yeah, well, just to say that it has no beginning and no end is to say that this total dynamic activity, the whole works, exists throughout all time as well as all space. So this is a, a not how we usually see things, think of things, experience things. This is the whole works, all of everything, is right here in our life, in our thinking, in our thoughts and feelings during zazen, in our sensations. And it's also 
all here in the absence of that. So maybe you could say after you die. But it's also in, so there's this interplay of existence and non-existence that is part of what Dogen is describing here. So we could look at this in terms of the Huayan or Avatamsaka philosophy of the interplay of uh, the ultimate and the particular, or the universal and the phenomenal. Everything is right here. Everything is right here when when every when everything ends too. So. Uh, I want to uh, think about this with all of you, and I look forward to our discussion um, in terms of the situation the world is in now. So this uh, invasion, this brutal invasion in Ukraine uh, is terrible, and it affects all of us. and how to bring peace and sanity and diplomacy to the situation is not clear, although there are good people working on that. So there are many causes and conditions to such an event. And in terms of what Dogen's saying, how do we include that in the whole works? How is that the total dynamic? How is this war, two and a half million refugees from Ukraine in two weeks, how is that part of the wholeness of everything? How do we include that? How do we respond to that? How is the life and death of Ukrainians part of this whole working that is on our seat right now out there, I can look. I'm looking out the window and seeing Foster Avenue, and there's a school across the way. Everything is right here, though, beyond what I can see with my limited human perceptions. And you know, we might think of the Russians as uh, monsters attacking and invading the poor people of Ukraine. But also, um, there are incredibly brave people in Russia who are protesting the war. And there are people in our country protesting the war. People in Russia protesting the war are beaten up and can be put in prison for 15 years. Incredibly brave. And the people of Ukraine have been incredibly brave. So, you know, this Zen philosophy of wholeness this is an experience of wholeness, of the whole works, uh, we have to consider in terms of the difficulties in our own lives and the difficulties in our world. And there's so many more besides the Ukraine war. And also we can include that um, this invasion in, some, in many ways was provoked by our government in, in that when the Soviet Union collapsed little history lesson, uh, the um, 
United States promised that NATO would not expand to the east, to the former Soviet Union countries. And then it started to. And then we said, and then we promised that there would not be weapons. But now the whole border around Russia is weaponized. And of course, Russia is weaponized. It's a very dangerous situation. Even more dangerous because uh, the, Rus the Russian army has taken over Chernobyl, where there was this great, the greatest nuclear, nuclear power plant uh, meltdown and disaster in our history. There have been some others, Fukushima and Three Mile Island, for example. Um, but now it's controlled by Russia and the International Atomic Energy Commission has no idea what's going on there. And also there are um, more nuclear power plants in Ukraine than there are in any other country in Europe, just like there are more nuclear power plants here in Illinois than in any other state. So there's tremendous danger here. How do we include that in the, in the total dynamic activity of everything is just working? integrating the particular phenomena with the ultimate universal that we get some taste of through our zazen. Whether we get a jolt of, oh, everything's okay, there's wholeness. Or whether we struggle and feel the pain in our knees or wherever and uh, feel the pain in our heart. All of that, facing all of that, is the total dynamic working. And of course, we want to, to think, how, how do we fix that? How do we take care of that? Is there any way to fix that? And um, we don't know. And not knowing is one of the great joys and benefits of our practice. We start to realize how much we don't know. But I can't see the wall behind me except I can see it on the Zoom window. <laughs> and, you, and the people on Zoom can't see all the people here. And I can't see all the people here unless I lean over. And, and the people here can't see the people on the Zoom screen. But here we are together. And somehow the whole is working. How do we see this function, this total function? of reality, of existence and non-existence, inter interacting in a way that is complete. I could speculate about this, that maybe this uh, invasion in Ukraine, and of course there are many other invasions and, and wars are all around the world. This one is in front of us now and very horrible, but there are many people who are refugees from war, besides from the Ukraine. But how do we see all that? And how does that give us an opportunity to wake up? Each of us, but also all the peoples of the world. And people are, the people in Ukraine are responding with incredible courage and incredible desperation and sorrow and sadness. But there are people in other places around the world who have similar situations, 
there's war in Colombia and the Western Hemisphere. There's, there's anyway, there are all refugees trying to get in from other war zones to, to our country who are not being allowed in. Anyway, I can go on and on about all the situations, but how do we use this? And, and by we, I mean each of us, but also our species, human type beings to see, to support peace and to try and see the dangers of war. So again, Dogen is talking about this total functioning, that somehow everything is functioning together. And may it be that this situation in the Ukraine inspires peoples around the world and governments around the world to act for peace and not, not to promote war. So I, I said that our government was, was responsible in some ways for provoking all of this terrible situation, uh, pushing NATO uh, east, but also our, our whole economy is so reliant on weapons makers. So just to add to this, um, Raytheon, Northrop Grumman, Boeing, um, Lockheed, General Dynamics, those five are making huge profits because of this war. And they're saying it, that, oh, this is great opportunity to sell lots of more weapons <laughs> in Europe and elsewhere. Just as... Um, many billionaires and the pharmaceutical company is making fortunes from this horrible COVID pandemic that we're easing out of, hopefully. So it's a, it's a difficult situation, but somehow Dokken claims that it's all weaving together. How do we see the whole thing? How do we respond? How do we bring peace and sanity? And of course, this applies not just to situations of in Europe or South America or Africa, uh, horrible situations for the uh, Rohingya people and in, uh, who are refugees from Burma and so forth. It also applies for each of us as we sit in our own hearts. How do we separate ourselves from others? How do we uh, make some other groups, uh, white people or black people or Latinx people into others who are not worthy of being part of the pivotal opportunity, the loom, the, the weaving loom of our lives. How do we do that in our own hearts and minds? How do we see some people as unworthy of including on our seats, in our, in our hearts? So this this short essay by Dogen uh, challenges us in many ways. So I could keep on babbling, but I, um, I want to hear what you all have to say, or some of you. So, uh, David, could you please take the Zoom screen yes. back? And, and uh, people here in the Ebenezer room, if you... Um, have comments or questions or responses, you can raise your hands. And Dylan, please help me call on people here. 
And if people on the Zoom have something to say, uh, you can indicate that and uh, David Ray will call on you. So thank you all for your presence, for your practice, for being part of this whole of working together. <coughs> Comments, questions, responses. Thank you, uh, Brian. Uh, thank you for your talk, and thank you for this focus on Zenki, the whole works. Uh, I had a conversation after last week sitting with Eve Pinsker, who works uh, or has worked intimately with general systems theory. And your talk today reminded me of that, and also reminded me of the work that Joanna Macy has been doing to raise awareness of the interactiveness, interactiveness of all things. Uh, and I think it's probably the most important concept, and it's been slowly filtering into more and more general awareness. And I think Dogen was an early adopter, <laughs> and, uh, and Buddha Shakyamuni, uh, certainly, uh, and anyone that awakens to, to the emptiness, the dependent arisen nature of all things. Um, and I think what we do here, uh, striving to awaken individually, but also to see that that's part of the collective awakening that we're trying to create, um, is, is the most important thing. Um, so I'll just stop there. Thank you for the talk. Thank you very much, Bryant. And just one comment, since you mentioned my good friend Joanna Macy, my mentor, uh, she has a, a, a very, I think, very helpful way of talking about how to how to um, produce or uh, appreciate wholeness. She talks about the great turning, the turning towards, um, well, I could say, towards sanity, towards cooperation, towards peace, rather than uh, competition. But she says there's three aspects of the great turning. Uh, one of them is what she calls holding actions. So all political or any kind of action to try and stop the damage, all the damage in the world, that's holding actions. And she talks about alternative institutions. Uh, so um, micro banks in South Asia, for example, or um, uh, collective farming. There's a... There's an, uh, a uh, public uh, 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 field down here for growing things for agriculture. And uh, the third is changing hearts and minds. And that's what we're doing here. We're do when we sit, we're doing it for ourselves. We're observing our hearts and minds. And uh, through us spreading, uh, we're changing the way people see the situation of the world. Rather than aggression and responding to any problem with military, we want to support cooperation and kindness. And changing the way human beings feel that is important. So that's another part of that. So thank you, Brian. Other comments, responses, um, questions? David. 
your talk has made me curious in a new way about the word pivotal, which is also in the translation of the, the song of the Julmir Samadhi, or pivotal moment brings it forth. So I'm, I'm, I'm curious how it is that this, that this word both means the whole works and then also a pivotal moment. Is, is every moment pivotal? Sure. So uh, the, the part of Zen key, key workings or works or the workings of the universe or the uh, activity also has to do with this pivotal situation. And yes, yes, absolutely. Each situation, each moment, there's a pivot. We can switch from seeing others as separate from us to seeing others as totally integrated with us. We can switch from seeing uh, the Russian people as the enemy to seeing how they are victims of this as much as we are. And um, so each, yes, and in Zen practice, sometimes they talk about a pivotal moment as a moment of realization or awakening, but each moment is a pivotal, is a possible pivot. And maybe it's up to us, our responsibility is to see that. In each, in each situation, in each moment, how do we turn it? As Joanna Macy talks about turning, the great turning. So thank you, David Ray. Well, thank you for your talk. Um, I guess I was just thinking about, you know, this idea of changing hearts and minds. Um, you know, I guess how to do that, I feel like our culture, people can be very, just generalized, like, resistant to, like, um, that kind of, I don't know, how to do that without being kind of evangelical about the practice a little bit. And then I also have a question about the particular circumstance in Ukraine. It strikes me that we have to change the heart and mind of sort of one person in this case, maybe. I'm thinking of Putin, you know. Like, in a situation like this where someone has so much power, it's, it's so sort of aggregated to him, you know, with probably a few other people I get. But <laughs> how do you practice with that a little bit where it just seems so... Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't... How do you change Putin's heart? I mean, I don't know if I'm really asking that, but, like, it's a very particular circumstance, too, right? So... Yes, and that's part of the point. Every circumstance is a particular circumstance, and it also is an expression of emptiness or wholeness or the ultimate. So uh, people were asking the same questions about how to change the heart and mind of our last president. Mm -hmm. uh, it's So I don't think it's one person. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I th so talking, as Brian was talking about systems and systems theory, and he just talked about um, you know, I was talking about the weapons makers who are making a fortune in this country. There's also the mass media, the corporate media, which is encouraging us to think about um, responding militarily 
this is this is the, the kind of uh, old, um, you know, basic uh, idea of what how to respond to situations in the world, rather than responding with kindness or responding with sending food. Let's send more weapons, you know. Um, and the the mainstream corporate media in this country, it seems to me, is encouraging us to feel antagonistic and well, Putin's the enemy or whatever. Mm. Uh, and yeah, what 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 is being done by his government is terrible, and his soldiers uh, who are victims of this as well, as all soldiers are. Um, you know, just one example, the mainstream corporate media, I'm not talking about Fox News even, MSNBC and CNN to name names, they have all these pundits on, and a lot of them are former generals. And most of those former generals now work for Raytheon or General Dynamics or Boeing or some of those weapons companies. They don't say that. They don't issue disclaimers. So um, in Russia, there's tremendous propaganda. They're not allowed to say the word war. They're not allowed to say the word invasion. This is a, a peacekeeping mission that the Russians are doing in Ukraine, in Russia. But but we have some of the same problem. We see it in, in this militaristic way. So um, how do we see how, how to change? You started off by asking about how to change the awesomeness of changing hearts and minds. Um, and it starts with each one of us, but also we can share that. And Zazen... Zazen does something. So some of you here, I can see, have been practicing for decades. Some of you are fairly new to practice. Um, I remember someone at, uh, when we had our group at Rockefeller Chapel in Hyde Park, um, someone who had just started sitting, oh, I don't know, if after six months or a year, she said, you know, I was riding in the elevator in my building, and Somebody said. Somebody in the elevator said to me, "What are you doing? Something is. You've, something about you has changed." <laughs> you know. So our awareness of ourselves and everything is we express as we walk around in the world. We cannot help but express that. That's one way to create change. The other is, um, you know, you can. See groups that are do that are that you think are being helpful in, in whatever situation, and uh, and support them. And it's it, it's not, it, this isn't something that happens like that. We have the whole karma of human history and warfare and aggression and slavery and racism as part of the air we breathe. But also, transformation is 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 possible. That's what Dogen says again and again and again. Sorry for the long-winded answer. Other comments, perspectives, questions, responses? Eve has a question. Hello, Eve. I can't see you, but I, but I hope I'll hear you. Yeah. Well, it's about the death part. Frankly, I have. I found that. Eve, find are that. you there? Can, can you can you hear me? Are you muted, Eve? I I'm not supposed to be muted. Well, 
Jane also has a question. Eve, maybe we'll come back to you. Okay. Oh, Jane. Can you hear me now? Yes. Jane, All right, I but think you might come, be muted. come back to me. Well, don't, let Eve go first. I can hear her. Can you turn up your volume to Okay. Well, anyway, I was saying I have trouble with the death part. Um, and accepting the little the opportunity death. in this world is is uh, all of these technologies which can bring us together or separate us. <laughs> Eve, are you? Can we hear you now? I, I don't know. Can you hear me? Yes, we can hear you now. Hi, okay. Eve, I hear you. Okay. Well, anyway, I was saying I have trouble with the death part, um, and and <laughs> I mean in general. Um, and yes, we and, all have trouble with death. Okay. Well, um, yeah, so can you say anything more about that? And Okay, I'll try. Maybe others have something to say, too. Um, and there's just, you know, women and children dying in Ukraine as uh, schools and hospitals are bombed. Um, but death also refers to emptiness, non-existence, that which will be after us or was before us. And right there, uh, there is also this possibility of actualization. Wholeness is right there. Uh, we... We can't see it because it's non-existent. <laughs> but this is what Dogen is saying. Total dynamic workings are independent of our personal life and death, are independent of our personal view of existence and non-existence, and permeates all of it. And that's not something we can uh, easily see or understand. So I, I sympathize, Eve, with your... Uh, question. So, uh, you know, Dogen, in this, this uh, in Dogen style, and uh, maybe you could say rhetorical style, uh, but also in a lot of the koans, uh, it's not about uh, demonstrating or proving some assertion in some uh, Western logical way. It's just this is what I, this is what it is. So, you know, there's a, we can take that as perplexing and as a dilemma, or we can take it as reassuring that the wholeness of kindness and caring and mutuality and cooperation does not depend on what we see what we think is existent. Mm -hmm. There are many realms beyond our human cognitive and spiritual and perceptive limitations. I don't know if that helps, but anyway, that's a little. Well, it helps some. And, but I, I guess also, you know, it's part of, like, you know, letting go and when something is good and it ends, you know, being able to accept that. I mean, um, like <laughs> Andy's Fruit Ranch, you know, which is the store on Kedzie that I liked. 
it closed and I I'm found so sorry. <laughs> and and yeah, and I'm upset about it. And um yeah, I mean so being upset is part of the whole working. It's not that you should just be cool and calm. Zen is not about being nice or being calm and peaceful in every situation. We do have responses. Oh, no, the fruit stand closed. Oh. And if you want to cry about it, that's, that's okay. There is crying in Zen. Maybe not in baseball, but there is in Zen. <laughs> but I forgot a, a quote that you're um, – that I wanted to say that's actually from a different Shobogenzo essay uh, by Dogen, an essay about the Lotus Sutra. Uh, and I, I don't, this sort of relates to your question indirectly, maybe. Dogen says, give up holding back your life to hold on fully to your life. Give up holding back your life to hold on fully to your life. So we hold back. We hold back from uh, fruit stands closing, from wars. And, and, you know, how do we not hold back from the difficulties? How do we not hold back from the distress Mm -hmm. of the pandemic and our distress about war and cruelty? How do we hold on fully to our life and respond with our life? In, as best we can see. Oh. Yeah, that reminds me. When, when my father was dying, at one point he started crying. And and um, and my mother told him not to cry. <laughs> and I, I was upset with that because I was like, you know, let him cry. I mean... Yes, we all respond. And somehow, somehow, this is really hard to even hear, but somehow all of it, the crying and telling people not to cry and and wars and cruelty and pandemics, all of it is part of the pivotal opportunity of the whole working now. And and long ago and in the future. Yes, Dylan. Um, Eve, your, your question reminds me of a story uh, or a story from uh, Tenshin Zenki. Uh, so when, when I was in Minnesota um, for a practice period a couple years ago uh, that was being led by Tenshin Zenki, somebody asked in the big hall with everybody there, what, what was it like to be there when Suzuki Roshi was uh, passing away? Mm-hmm. Um, and Tenjin Zenki said, well, Suzuki Roshi is practice. So I don't know if that helps, but that's what you would remind me of. And that's what Dogen is saying. Life is practice, death is practice. All of existence is practice. All of emptiness is practice. It's okay if you disagree. That's practice too. But but emptiness is practice because it's connected with everything else. Emptiness actually is you know is one way of talking about suchness or interconnectedness or interrelatedness. 
So we are all interconnected by death. All of us know, probably know somebody who has passed. All of us, very, very likely, all of us in this room will die at some point. <laughs> right, yeah. Well, that's about the most likely thing there is, yeah. But everything is connected. And former lives are connected. Suki Roshi is dead, but he's also alive. How is it that we are, that the wholeness works through everything and nothing? Oh, Jan, do you have a comment? Uh, yeah. Louder so everyone can hear, please. Okay. Um, a, a long time ago, I read an article by a physicist named Kadish, and I knew him. And um, then what? I didn't know him. I knew him. He was a friend of mine. Kadish. His name was Kadish. Kadish, okay. He's a physicist. Thank you. And he um, made the comment that um, it's impossible in our universe for the immovable object and the, um, let's see, the immovable and the irresistible force. The immovable object and the irresistible force cannot exist in the same universe. Um, If there's one, there can't be the other. And, um, And so it's very difficult to imagine a situation where Existence and non-existence can exist in the same place. Um, well, they can't because existence is, to, is other than non-existence, according to our language. So it might be just a language thing that you can't, that it's, it's difficult to conceive of those two concepts in the same universe. Yeah, so I, you know, I don't want to dispute physics because I don't know much about it. But and and the science of physics does tell us so much about physical reality in some ways. But um, it's also the limitation of what we can see and know. I think is is also a factor in, in everything. So. Maybe that's true in this universe and not in other universes. I don't know. You know, and uh, I'm angry today. Good. And um, my anger is focused on daylight saving time. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we all missed an hour of sleep last night. Ah! Yeah, and not only that, but the, the background of it is so annoying to me because... Uh, daylight saving time is um, a mechanism for. Uh, I'm I'm not exaggerating when I say this is my feeling about it. It's a mechanism for depriving uh, the working class of something that they should be free to enjoy, which is the early mornings in spring and summer when they wake up and instead of being able to enjoy the hour of sunshine 
they have to go to work. And uh, I feel that the, the uh, corporations and the capitalistic system is depriving them of something that was given to them by nature. And I get really exercised and angry when we change time because, you know, if I were a minor or a um, secretary, instead of being able to stay home and enjoy an extra hour of sleep or whatever you want, you got to go to work. Well, yeah, it's daylight savings time, and and uh, Jan is really upset about it. And I hear you. And it's it's a futile anger. Well, you know, this is a whole other Dharma talk. But when anger arises, whether it's futile or useful, how do we appreciate it? How do we see it and not let it eat us up? And, you know, and I don't know that it would be helpful for you to go and find the person who's in charge of the clocks and beat them up. (laughs) Um, But you should feel what you feel. And thank you for telling us. Yes, Katie. Hi. um, Just in response to Jan, I don't, I guess I'm a little bit confused about... um, your confusion related to movable objects and irresistible force. Um, Can you hear her on Zoom? No, thanks no. for no. Oh, no. Okay. okay, please, everybody in the room, um, speak trying. up. We have our we have uh, our brothers and sisters in the Zoom world. Yes, I'll I'll do my best. Um, uh, I guess I'll recap that then. Uh, please, I I'm a little bit confused about the kind of distinction or correlation between irresistible force and immovable object and existence and non-existence. I don't think these things translate into the same thing. Um, existence and non-existence, I think in, in physics would both be the irresistible force mm-hmm. and there is no immovable object. I think it's also the purpose of that essay is that there is no immovable object. Uh, if we have irresistible force, which we do. Um, and so interesting. Thank you. Yeah, I think maybe, and it also like it helps me in an existential way <laughs> because I frequently um, understand my own experience as an immovable object um, and uh, one that tries to manipulate the the circumstances around me. Um, and so, thank you for yeah. that confession. Yes, but I, th- I think you're an immovable force. <laughs> <laughs> you know, can I just say something about it? Yeah, and then David Ray has a comment. Okay. Um, and loudly, please, so that everybody yeah, can hear. On Zoom. I've often wondered, uh, with Joanna Macy's uh, philosophy, if it's really true that these mild and quiet and unaggressive tactics of love and kindness and all that is really the immovable force and that that war that war making and hatred is not an immovable object <laughs> now i think that's what katie is well i hope it's movable i mean there have been peace movements that have led to wars ending that's true historically 
David Ray? Yes, my comment is that Jane has a question and then Deborah has a question. Hi, Jane. Hello, Chicago. Hi, Pittsburgh. Um, good to see you all. Thank you so much for this, um, your talk and, and the practice. Um, everyone's practice. Uh, I wanted to um, talk a little bit or ask a, a question about that interface, that um, the pivot perhaps, and it's it's kind of the relationship between what you've been talking about through Dogen today and um, Hong Zhu, because he talks about functioning and functioning in this world um, over the course of the last oh, year, two years, three years, I've, I've been sitting with what my capacity is, you know, to, um, to experience all this. It's not such an intellectual pro- process as it is an opening and heartfelt process, for lack of a better word, functioning and capacity to hold it all. And uh, so I was wondering if you had thoughts about that that you might share. And um, the other thing I would like to mention is the work of Thomas Hubel uh, and intergenerational trauma as a whole aspect to what we all experience. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Capacity is an interesting word. Dogen says in Genjo Koan, when Dharma fills your body and mind, you realize something is missing. So our capacity to pay attention even to all the difficulties around us, personally and in the world, you know, shifts and changes. And at pivotal moments, we can open up to more. Um, Yeah. um, And it's not not one thing. It's, uh, Dogen talks about... uh, birds flying, and he says, when the, when the need is small, their field is small. When their need is large, their field is large. So we should, we should respect our human limitations. Each of us has our own particular limitations and capacity to, uh, be, to even pay attention or respond. I know people who don't want, won't watch the news because it's so painful, and I sympathize. Um, who don't watch the news? Oh, who don't watch the news? Yeah, or pay attention to, to what's going on because it's painful, and I sympathize with that. Part of what Zazen does. So, so the other thing that um, you were saying, Jane, it's not, it's not intellectual. It's not a matter of uh, deliberation and and, and uh, logic. 
it's physical. And I think you were pointing to that. It's, this is a, a physical practice. How do our, it's not just our thoughts, but our, our physical sensations, our bodies, uh, open up and respond. So we, we don't understand it, but, um, you know, how could, I don't know, I, I don't, I'm wondering whether to say this, but uh, if Mother Teresa or the Dalai Lama could have done what they did, that's a capacity of a, of a human being. Mm-hmm. If Hitler or Putin or Trump did what they did, that's also the capacity of a human being. How do we pay attention? The, our practice is about paying attention, whatever's going on. So thank you for your comment, Jane. Deborah, I think we're getting near to when we have to stop here at, at Ebenezer. So Deborah, maybe you have the last word. Thank you. Okay. Yeah. Thank you so much. It's great to be with all of you. I'm ill today, so I'm not going to be on screen, but I was just supporting what Jane said. She kind of really was trying what I was trying to talk about simply that as we sit Zazen, what is happening in that experience is also a way to maybe approach all the issues you brought up today. Um, And I personally, that's what I do. And I just wanted to stress that, that often we don't know what to do initially. I know when um, real quickly, Black Lives Matter was happening and climate change. I didn't know what to do, but I just kept sitting with it and trying to see what my response would be. And it's just dealing with that, the fear, the anger, the sadness, the unknowing that's, you know, very alive, hard to be with, but I think is our truth. And I'm just going to leave it there. Thank you. Thank you, Deborah. Are you in California or Pittsburgh now? California. <laughs> oh, hi. Okay. Um, yeah, no, that's... Uh, just to sit with it so important just to pay attention and skillful means appropriate response helpfulness is not about going out and just doing something for the sake of doing something it's about sitting with it as you were describing not knowing how to respond but paying attention to the situation and to yourself and then when you see something that you can do or that might be helpful then we can we can uh, actualize that. And this whole process that we've been talking about is, I think, what Dogen is talking about in Zenki, in the whole works, in the total dynamic activity. It includes everything. It includes not knowing what to do. It includes paying attention. It includes making mistakes, hopefully making, the, making good mistakes, but sometimes making terrible mistakes. Anyway, we have to see that it's all, it's all part of us, each of us and all of us. So thank you, Deborah. Thank you, everyone. Uh, Aishin, we, we should stop here now. Yes, thank you, Megan. I believe we do announce Bodhisattva vows, the four Bodhisattva vows, and then some announcements. Which one's first? Uh, I think the vows. Okay. Uh, would would so uh, it says on the schedule? I don't know. Wrap up, chant for Bodhisattva vows announcements. Okay. And that's what it is. <laughs> okay. I, I want to talk with you about tweaking this some, but okay. Okay.
So, uh, Brian, would you lead us in the Bodhisattva Gospels? Beings are numberless, I vow to free them. Delusions are inexhaustible, I vow to end them. Dharma hates that are boundless, I vow to end them. Buddha's way is unsurpassable, I vow to realize it. Beings are numberless, I vow to free them. Delusions are impossible, I vow to end them. Dharma gates are boundless, I vow to end them. Buddha's way is unsurpassable, I vow realize it. Beings are numberless. I vow to free them. Delusions are impossible. I vow to end them. Dharma gates are boundless. I vow to enter them. Buddha's way is unsurpassable. I love to realize it.